The Egyptian Book of the Dead states that to speak the name of the dead is to bring them back to life. Many who pass stay in our hearts and minds long after they are gone. Some people are so iconic and important to our personal mythologies that they live on in our behavior, our opinions, our affect, and even in our physical qualities. Personal mythologies, the story we tell ourselves about our lives, include our heroes and heroines, monsters and gods. They include the flawed memories and revised stories that we create to understand who we are. A key part of our personal mythology are those who have passed on. Once a character in your personal mythology is gone, their iconic persona becomes stuck in time. In this episode, we'll look at three songs that are from my personal mythology, tributes from my personal story told from my personal point of view. Hi, I'm Tim Rose, and this is the Tim Tunes Podcast. In this episode, the three songs that we'll examine are told in memory of those who have passed. The first song remembers a friend from high school who has gone too soon. The second song is a tale of a friend who passed from ALS. And the last song I wrote when my mom passed. Way back in 1970 or so, I went with a friend to a church in Washington, D.C. to hear a small trio play Bridge Over Troubled Water. The bass player was playing an upright bass and was killing it. I think it's a kind of prerequisite for bass players to be the deepest, most philosophical members of the band. Often, they have the most musical knowledge of anyone in the band, which is kind of ironic considering that playing a third instead of a root or a fifth is considered a musical event on bass. The bass player in the church, Fred Temple, was soon to become a friend. Fred was one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. Creativity oozed out of every pore. In addition to being an excellent musician, Fred was an actor, writer, and cartoonist. He drew some iconic characters that would appear in school programs or on your notebook if you weren't paying attention. Everything Fred did operated on at least two levels. There was the obvious meaning on the face of whatever he created, but there was also another meaning or multiple meanings to what he did. In high school, Fred used to do the morning announcements over the PA and lead the school in the Pledge of Allegiance. Fred would speed up or slow down as he said the pledge, making it impossible for people to say the pledge in unison. One morning, I brought in a recording of the Looney Tunes theme, and Fred gleefully played the recording to end the morning announcements. That's all, folks! The principal was not amused. But we were. In my yearbook, Fred drew one of his iconic sketches of his imaginary character, Ickney Benickney, of... Ickney Benickney and his marching taco band. A dialogue balloon above the head held the words, I knew you would, the title of the song. Fred chose to present to me the fun-loving, hysterical part of his personality. Operating on many levels simultaneously, Fred was deeply troubled. I could see that there was a darker side to Fred, but he never shared that with me. I could never touch that other side. I wrote this song to help me deal with his passing and recorded this in my studio 
back in the late 90s and early 2000s. Here is I Knew You Would. I saw you first in the Baptist church Playing your bass to beat the band You played so sweet but you did not smile Though you held the crowd in your to the area, John Spiro. John was from California. You can't imagine the mystique that California held for a eighth grade rock musician in 1967. John was like our own music guru. He was deeply into music of all types. His house became a sort of music salon where John held court daily. We would sit around as John would spin Led Zeppelin, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, The Who, Credence, Miles Davis, Joni Mitchell, and the Beatles, to name a few. He lived in a house on the side of a hill that had a large front porch. It made the perfect stage. So this one time we set up a PA there and started singing Down on the Corner and Judy Blue Eyes Sweet. 
until the neighbors complained and called the police. It was probably the Led Zeppelin that pushed them over the edge. Good times. Bad times. You know I've had my share. John had a great tenor voice, so in senior high we formed a band. The new band, called Gideon, featured John and I singing lead vocals, Charlie Phelps on rhythm guitar, Al Rilera on bass, Larry Green on lead guitar, and Conrad Ornstein playing drums. We started playing very complex rock vocals live, like Free from Chicago and Paperback Rider by the Beatles. We had no frame of reference or context for what we were doing or how extraordinary what we were doing was. We had no sheet music, no YouTube, and no guitar tabs. Everything we did was done by ear. Sure, we scribbled down the lyrics as best as we could make them out and wrote out the chords as best as we could figure them. We got really good and then just stopped when we graduated from high school. John and I would have these long, far-ranging conversations from time to time. We talked about music, we talked about the meaning of life, we talked about the future. After high school, John kept on working on music and I went off to college to study theater. After a few years, John formed a band called Silver Spring with old friend and most excellent drummer, Phil Schimmel. For years, they played the gig circuit in the D.C. area and up and down the East Coast. The rest is in the song. John was my friend, and I will never forget him. This song was written and recorded in 2013 in my studio. In the song, I've used many little riffs and styles that remind me of John. The song has never been played live or distributed before. When I write songs to help me deal with life events, sometimes they're just too hard to perform live. Maybe someday. Now, here is Hey Johnny. John's from California, I'm from Tennessee. Of us outsiders, we both were refugees. Met Johnny in the bleachers way back in junior high. Knew right away there was something special about this guy. We were the singers in a rock and roll band, harmonizing screamers, mics held in our hands. We spent our time together trying. Figure out what's the point of everything? What's it all about? Hey, 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 Johnny, how's it going? Hey, 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 Johnny, what do you say? I hope you find what you are looking for before you have to go away. After graduation, we parted separate ways. I went off to college, and Johnny hit the stage. Looking for the big break to send him through the roof. Johnny kept on reaching, 
searching for the truth. A disco bluegrass rocking cage and looking all around. Johnny tried them all while he was searching for his sound. Still working on the road, started taking its toll. Wearing on Johnny's heart and weighing down his soul. Hey, 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 Johnny, how's it going? Hey, 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 Johnny, what do you say? I hope you find what you are looking for Before you have to go away One day John found Jesus And that's when his searching stopped John had found his way at last Found his way up to the top so John married his sweet Kathy, and they made the family. He put his candle on the table so that everyone could see. Heard he was a carpenter and played music at his church. I heard that he gave lessons and helped others with their search. But time slips by like water, you can't hold it in your hand. Life chips away by moments Full of time's demands Then one day just last year Phil was on the line He called to say that John was ill And didn't have much time And I wished I'd reached out sooner I cursed my own delay So I picked up the telephone And called that very day religious, but I wanted to stay true to John and his beliefs and his story. 
I'll just say that John's belief in Jesus saved his life and leave it at that. When we lived in New England, I used to call my mother in Maryland about once every two weeks or so, just to see how she was doing and to check in. She would fill me in on the latest happenings in the neighborhood with relatives and such. Often, she would refer to people that I didn't know or couldn't remember. So I would ask her to explain who that was. This would begin a long diatribe that would go something like this. You remember her. She was the daughter of so-and-so who you met that one Thanksgiving when they came over to give us a pie. Well, she got married to that fellow that used to cut your dad's hair before he started going to that new guy. After a while, I stopped asking and just went with the flow of the call. These calls usually lasted at least an hour, at which point I would try gently to leave the call. After about the third or fourth time trying to end the call, my wife would appear in the doorway and hold up the number of fingers for each time I tried to end the call. The call usually ended around the middle of the second hand. What I wouldn't give now for one more chance to end one of those calls. I wrote this song in part to help me deal with my mother's death. It wound up being about just generally dealing with grief. I doubt I'll ever stop grieving over my mother's death, but I can always remember. Written and recorded at my studio in 2013, please enjoy And Then I Remember. Shine 
cheery episode this one. We ran a bit over. I promise in the next episode you'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll be happy you were born. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast or stream or purchase my published music on your favorite source, Spotify, Pandora, Apple, or Amazon. Simply search for Tim Toon's podcast in whatever app you use to listen to music or podcasts. See you later. the one who always brought cookies to Steve's softball game. Uh, okay, Mom, I gotta drop off in a minute. Okay, okay. Just let me finish the story. <laughs>